Assalamu alaikum. A brief, really, really quick note before we begin. This is a different kind of episode. This is actually a conversation between me and my daughter, Belkis. We were we often talk about history. She's turning into a little history nerd herself, just like her father. And I decided to, well, uh, let's record one of these little conversations we have. And so this is a really unstructured conversation. I tried to bring it back towards Pakistan because that's the topic I'm currently studying right now. And we talk about it here and there. But um, this is really <laughs> this is really a very unstructured conversation. So I hope you enjoy this. This is really just a uh, father and his daughter talking about various random topics somewhat related to history. And just a few things to remind you of. Show notes for this episode will be available at islamichistorypodcast.com slash Pakistan2. If you'd like to support this program and support the Islamic History Podcast, you can become a Patreon subscriber. Go to patreon.com slash islamichistory. And finally, finally, at the end of the show, there will also be a brief clip from our series on the battles and the struggles of Ibn Zubair versus the Umayyads. I'll be about just after the end of this current conversation. And so have a listen and I hope you enjoy. Why are you spraying the chair, Bilkis? Because it's a kitchen chair. Whenever you're ready, we're already recording. Yeah, because I just want to start. Come on. Sit down and put your headphones on. Get up close to the microphone. All right. It's okay. Don't worry about hitting the chair, hitting the table up a little bit. So long as you don't knock the microphone down, we'll be fine. All right. All right, Bill Keys? Get close to the mic. Um, Just say Pakistan into the mic. Pakistan. Good. A little bit closer there. Try it again. Pakistan. There you go. Now that's nice and clear. So keep your mouth real close to the microphone. Close enough where your lips are pretty much brushing the foam, okay? Try it again. Pakistan. Pakistan. All right. Favorite country in the world, right? I actually kind of wanted to go to France, but... Okay, well, that's fine. It's basic, but... Why do you want to go to France? To eat a baguette. To eat a baguette? I know it's French for bread, but... I'm sure there are French bakeries here in Atlanta you can get some baguettes from if you really want some. Or I'm just saying, there's lots of history in France, but but you don't want a, a baguette from Atlanta? Not really. It's, there's nothing special about it. Have you had a baguette from Atlanta? Isn't it just friends for bread? I think it's things a little bit more special than that. Okay, but we'll see. Well, what is it about France you like? I mean, do you speak any French? I, I don't remember. Oui. You t- okay, that doesn't count. <laughs> Knowing the word "we" oui does not count as speaking French. Oh, Were you taking your French lessons or French uh, using a French app not too long ago? Yeah, I was, but I stopped. And then I went back again, and then I stopped. And then you stopped again? Are you are you back into it now? Is on, off, on, off? Are you back onto it now? Not really. You're not really? I, I remember some. Okay, tell me something in French you remember. Anything? Un fil. Un fil? Yes. What does that mean? A child or a horse? A girl. A girl. Also, un femme. What does that mean? A woman. All right, I'm glad you know three words in French, girl. That's, that's good to know. Okay. Um, but is there any other reason you want to visit France or just to get a baguette? So you just want to visit France. I want to see the Eiffel Tower. Hey, that, that's an that's a, that's a interesting thing to see. I, I think, I've never seen it myself. I probably wouldn't mind seeing it also. I'd also like to see the Mona Lisa. That's at the Louvre. Louvre. It's spelled Louvre, but I think it's pronounced Louvre. I know how to spell Louvre. Okay. The Louvre, I believe, is a is a big museum in France, um, in Paris, actually. I think it used to be a, I think, I'm not 100% sure, I think it used to be like a, the French palace before the French overthrew their king. I don't, I'm not 100% certain of that. Do you remember, you know anything about the French Revolution? Yes. Oh. What do you, they chopped off Marie Antoinette's head. Right. Well, they did, 
they put her through Poor the Marie Antoinette. They put her through the um the the guillotine. They guillotined her basically. You know what a guillotine is? Yes. Guillotine, that little thing with the Yes, right, right. She's you don't see her folks, but she has made a chopping motion with her hand. Yes. Basically, they um the guillotine was like a contraption. And I believe the word guillotine is French in origin anyway. It's a it's a mechanism, a machine where is made to pretty much slice off heads real quick and easy. And the French were guillotining people like crazy back then. And uh, remember that um that uh, play, that musical Hamilton? Yes. You know, they even talked, they even mentioned it, briefly mentioned it then. Do you, remember, do you remember any of that? Yeah, I remember it's a song. No, well, I'm talking about the part where they talk about the uh, French Revolution. Yes. That was um in the song about whether the... The United cabinet cabinet meeting number two, probably, and um, Lynn Manuel Miranda, Lynn Manuel Miranda, right. In his part, he was talking about asking King Louis' head about the treaty that head is in the basket. Right there, you go. So that's I'm I'm so long, long go around to try to make a connection to the guillotine and all that kind of stuff. But that does bring us to something else, just trying to show how history and and culture comes together. Hamilton, that everybody was jamming to three years ago, that that uh, that play and the musical Hamilton that you were singing like crazy three years ago on our trip to New York. I, I memorized it. I memorized Ooh. most of the songs. All right, exactly. That musical was based upon the historical Alexander Hamilton. And based on on a biography written about Alexander Hamilton, so just uh, going to show you how history and culture and pop culture can all come together, and that's not what we're going to talk about particularly particularly today. I do want to talk about the main thing, Pakistan. That's what I really want to talk about. We're going to get to that in a moment, but before we get there, I just saw you reading a book before I started recording. What book was that? York. York. And you told me about this book already. It's about the kids who live in the past and make things for the future, so forth and so on, something like that. Well, not quite. But it's it's more of there are these kids who are trying to find out, who are trying to learn about clues so that they can unlock treasure, I think. And they come from these two adults who are in the past. These twin adults. They also had a friend. Okay. Well, are you enjoying it? Yes. What really matters. Okay. I don't really understand the plot, but I guess you'll probably, once you finish it, maybe you could fill me in on the plot eventually. Okay. So we're going to get down into the whole Pakistan thing in just a moment. All right. Do you, uh, of all the things you like, do you prefer reading books or watching movies? Not specifically movies um i guess i like watching I, I like watching shows a little better than reading books just because you could finish it faster okay so you prefer like television show, shows serials and stuff like that serialized television sort of sort of not really it's not it's not mainly i enjoy it more it's more of i can finish it faster Okay, so you basically want to get it done with and go on, go on to another thing, basically. Yeah. Kind of like this podcast, want to get it done with and go on to something else, right? Well, I was just reading a book, as you said before. Right. See, this is why you get in trouble. Okay, moving on. What's um? I know you like that show, Criminal Minds, with all the murder and the, and the, and the killing. Yeah, that 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 show. I don't see what you and your mother see in that show, but that's you have to watch it for yourself to understand. I've seen I've seen it before. It's 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 you don't gross. It's gross. <laughs> it's people getting killed and and blood samples and blood splatter and uh, not my thing. Maybe I should be a forensic scientist. That's something something might be interested in. Mayhaps. Mayhaps. Yes. Okay. I'm glad you're talking British talk now. Okay. Since we're talking British talk, we might as well go ahead and jump right into the British. Mayhap. You hardly ever hear that in this country, but it is proper English. And uh, that's because for some reason you are fascinated with the British. I don't know what is it with you. Didn't you call me um, a, an Anglophile? Anglophile. Anglophile. Probably did, yes. And uh, yeah, um, 
yeah, you do seem to be fascinated with British culture. And I don't know why. Um, British culture is, is fine. Nothing wrong with it or anything like that. But, I like um, it. Okay. And, um, tea. I prefer coffee. I prefer tea. And that's why, that's why you're, you're different. It tastes like burnt bark coffee. Coffee does not taste like burnt bark. With okay. sugar. Okay. For, coffee is wonderful, first of all. Sure. It's wonderful. Tea is basically just flavored water. It's not. Yes. That, you can say the same thing about coffee. No, you cannot. Coffee, you can. Coffee is coffee. Tea How do you flavored. make coffee? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's different ways to make coffee. Yes, you pour hot water over coffee grinds and it comes out. But still, coffee has is much more robust and flavorful flavorful than tea. Understand? Look. Teach their own. Right. Now, the British, since you love them so much, you know that they had this huge empire. And people used to say the British Empire, nothing, the sun never set on the British Empire because they controlled lands all, all over, over the, the globe. World. All over the world. Exactly. And I did ask you to read up a little bit on what country? Pakistan. Pakistan. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What, um, I'm sure you know, I'm not going to throw a bunch of facts and figures at you about Pakistan. I mean, you don't need, we don't need to know that Pakistan is the sixth largest country in the world and that it has... Um, um, One of the largest populations. I think it has the 33rd most largest population. No, sixth largest. Sorry. Six. We just, we, we like, I like literally just said it. <laughs> it's the sixth largest country in the world. No, I'm talking about the population. When we talk, when, when we talk about how large a country is, we're talk, they usually mean population. Oh. Okay. Not land area. When coming to land area, I think the, I'm pretty sure the largest is Russia and then Canada. But a good chunk of Canada is ice. You know, really, if you look at Canada, people really only live in the lower parts that's closer to the closest to the border of the United States because the rest of it is just too cold for human to, to for humans to live. Quite frankly, same thing with Russia. Actually, Russia also is up in the north. It, Russia is definitely the largest. I think it's um, Russia, Canada, uh, the United it's the United States if you include Alaska, then China, and I think Brazil or Australia. I'm not really certain what's Brazil's cold. No, I'm talking about the largest land area, nation, the country, the largest land area. No, Brazil's not cold at all. Brazil's quite warm. Yeah, you're, ta you're talking about cold continents first, uh, countries first. I'll just talk about the, the land mass, the land size of a country, how Russia is the largest, and then Canada. I may have went off track. That's neither here nor there. But Pakistan is the sixth largest country in the world as far as population is concerned. Number one is, of course, the big one, China. Yes. Number two is, begins with an I. India. India. And then I think it's the United States is third. Is third. And then um, I, I kind of lose track after that. It's either um, maybe uh, Brazil, Russia, one of the old guys. I'm not 100% sure, but it goes down from there. Your sister's screaming outside. Can you hear her? Should you know? we tell her to stop? No, it's all right. But telling her to stop is not going to do any good. So, and... It, most likely she's only screaming because your brothers are bothering her. So, all right. All right, so going back to Pakistan. Now, uh, Pakistan's full name is actually called the um, the Islamic Republic of Pakistan because it's a Muslim country. And it's Muslim not just because it has um, a large population of Muslims, and it does have a large population of Muslims. It's actually the second largest Muslim country after Indonesia. Okay, Indonesia has the most Muslims in its country, and Pakistan is second. And uh, India, even though it's not a majority Muslim country, probably has more Muslims than um, either Pakistan, than, uh, Pakistan does. I'm not 100% sure of that, because those numbers may have changed. I learned those stats back in high school, and they may have changed by now, but neither here nor there. So, previously, we were talking about the... Um, the partition of India. And do you remember what I told you about that? Um, why that happened? Why India decided to... Um, remember, India was first part of the British colonies. Yes. Didn't a British company own them? 
Yes, the British East India Company pretty much, I want to say owned them, but they colonized and ran India, which at this time, back in the 1800s or so, um, British India included three modern nations. What were they? You remember them? Pakistan, India, Bangladesh. Right. And so the two major religions, when um, eventually um, Britain decided to give up its empire after World War II. Yeah, they lost a lot of their troops and money, and they just couldn't afford to, to, to um, they couldn't afford to control all these lands. Right, and so they started giving them up, and, and India was one of them. But remember, there are two major religions in India. They are? Hinduism and Islam. Right, and so there are many more Hindus than there are Muslims. And so the two, really is the Muslims who decided. The, the Hindus didn't really care. But the Muslims felt that they wouldn't really have much say in the new government unless they were able to um, have their own nation because they felt the Hindus would dominate everything. Your sister is really crying a lot out there. Um, give me one moment. Let me go and uh, let her help her be quiet a little bit. All right, that's taken care of. Um, she was just trying to go outside with your brother and play with that silly cat of yours. Okay, so what were we talking about now? I, I lost track. We were talking about India and Pakistan. Are you sure? Yes, Hinduism and Islam. Okay. All right, so there are, um, right, the Muslims of British India, they didn't think they could really have their own government. And so they decided that they convinced the British basically to give them their own land in this new um partition India. And that's where you got well, that's why it's called a partition. And it happened in nineteen forty seven. Am I boring you yet? No. I'm yeah. listening. You sure? Yeah. Okay. So they decided to partition India into two countries. One called why is your brother being so loud? Anyway. One called India and one called Pakistan. Okay? All right. Right. And so India was for the Hindus and Pakistan was for the Pakistanis. Sorry. <laughs> yes, it was for the Pakistanis. You're right about that. You're not wrong. It was for the Pakistanis. Pakistan was for the Muslims. Right. But in particular, it's for the Muslims. But yes, it, the Pakistanis wanted to make sure they stayed in Pakistan. But um, no, that actually it was all India. Um, it, before it became Pakistan, it was all called India at that time. But neither here nor there. So the Muslim got Pakistan. Now, the partition of India was very, very violent, actually. Why? Uh, as we mentioned, um, Muslims and Hindus lived all over the British India. Okay, so when I talk about British India, I'm talking about India before it became independent. Okay. All right. Okay, so they're all all over India, and the whole British India was full of Muslims and Hindus. There were some parts that were had more Muslims, and some parts that had more Hindus, but. Even where you had more Muslims, there were still Hindus living there. And even where you had more Hindus, you still had Muslims living there. But when it came time for partition, and now you had Muslims and Hindus basically getting their own countries, each group of people wanted to get as much land for their, pers for their respective religious group as possible. Kind of understand? Yeah, I understand. Okay, so if you have a region that, um, if you could push out all the Muslims from a certain area, what do you have left? Hindus. And that means that it goes, therefore, to India. Yes. And if you have a region with Hindus and you push up all the Hindus, then what do you have left? Muslims. And that will, therefore, go to? Pakistan. Right. And so these two groups started basically committing atrocities against each other. They really started killing each other, trying to kill off the other group and say that it's, it is, there's more to it. It's, it's much more complicated than that. But the partition of India, the British really messed it up. They didn't really handle it properly. They kind of just said, oh, okay, we're going to draw these lines here. And okay, this is for you, India. This is for you, Pakistan. Have at it, guys. And all these riots and stuff broke out and fighting with both groups trying to remove anyone from within their land that belonged to the other group. Sounds pretty bad? That was terrible. 
it, it was pretty bad. It was very terrible. There's some really there's some horror stories out there, and I have a few I'm going to share. Not today, but in a future episode, inshallah. I'm going to share some of those stories. But yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't really good at all. Okay, so um, just so you understand, you do know that. What do you know about Hinduism, the religion itself? I know that they, the people in the the people part of Hinduism, they sort of worship cows. In I, a way, I think they do. I think some they have do. a high respect for cows, and they worship idols. You know, right? And they have different. What's the word? Castes. Different castes. Right. They have a caste system. A caste system. And they also believe in reincarnation. Do you understand what reincarnation is? Yes, you are alive in one life, and then when you die, you're brought into another life. Kind of? A life is of someone or something else. Right. And so basically, uh, the way reincarnation works, according to Hindu, Hindu belief, is you, you have these different castes. And so if you're in a low caste, say, such as what they call street cleaners or street sweepers, also known as, also known as untouchables, they are the lowest of the low, the lowest caste of all. If they happen to, um, if they are good in that caste and they do good and they die, Hindu belief means that they, when they come back, they come back in a higher caste, basically. And they can move up and up and up. And I forgot the name of the highest caste. I think it's called Brahmin. Brahmin is the highest human caste. The, these are like the nobles and the rulers of in, of uh, in Hindu society. I don't know if it really carries. I don't know if it carries forward in modern in the modern world. But Brahmin, I think, is the highest human caste. And then when you when you get to that high caste and you die, you come back. You come the the next one up above that is Nirvana, which is like a spiritual world, I guess. Um, yes, there's a band called Nirvana in the nineties. Really? Yeah. Band. Yeah. There's, um, a band called Nirvana in the nineties and their lead singer was a man named, I think Kurt Cobain. And he died of a, Oh, I heard of that name. Kurt, heard of Kurt Cobain. Cobain. Yeah. You know how he died? OD. Yeah. I believe a drug overdose. Yeah. Huh. And yeah, I think he, 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 um, he died of a drug overdose. This was years before you were born. So I was only, I was, a little bit older than you, so when that happened, but yeah, uh, that's neither here nor there, though. But that's where the um, the the band Nirvana gets their name from. And so you have the partition of India, where you have India and then Pakistan. But Pakistan was further divided into two different divisions, so to speak. Um, if you look at a map of India. You have, um, at the time at least, you have East Pakistan, which was east of India, and West Pakistan, which was west of India. West Pakistan is modern-day Pakistan. East Pakistan is modern-day, begins with a B. Bangladesh. Right. And Bangladesh, in 1971, there was a civil war, and Bangladesh eventually seceded from East Pakistan, I'm sorry, from West Pakistan, became its own independent nation called Bangladesh. You won't get into all the details of that because I kind of spoke about that in the last episode, so I won't get into it now. But basically, that's how you got Bangladesh. Okay? Used to be East Pakistan. And so that's how we got these three nations of India, Pakistan, and Bangladesh. And uh, Pakistan has had uh, lots of problems as far as his political stability. That's what um, the last episode, I don't think you, you didn't hear the last episode, the three A's of Pakistan. Did you hear that one? No. No. Okay. You um you don't listen to my podcast, do you? I do, but. No, you don't. <laughs> you don't listen to it. When, when, it's, when we're in the car. Yeah, you, you listen to it when I, when I put it on, but you don't listen when to else it. Am I supposed to, when, I, when else am I supposed to listen to it? On your phone. You can subscribe to it on your phone and listen to it. It's okay. So. It's fine you don't support your father's endeavors. Uh, that's not true. You make me sound like a hmm? bad person. No, I make you sound like a, just a, you know, it would just be nice if my daughter supported my supported my podcast and and listened to my podcast every now and then. And not only when I make her listen to the podcast because I put it on the car and no one has any choice to listen but to listen to it. I like the podcast. They're relaxing. Right. You just okay. have to listen to it. Oh well, I mean you will uh Podcasting is getting much bigger. Don't worry about it. It's um, 
much more popular. But I know you'd rather play your little app phones and whatever you guys do. Why are you st- <laughs> You know the most about technology in here and you're acting like you're What? Like I'm uh like you're eighty. Like eighty years old? Yeah. Okay, I'm just saying, your little apps I, I don't understand you the all the apps you guys use. I, I have wordscapes. That's the thing with the letters, you have to make words and swipe your finger around and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's that's a fine. That's that's an okay game. Have you ever beat the game? Is there a beating the game? Yes. All you have to do is solve all the words. Why do you think I pass it around? I don't know why you pass it around, but Okay. Well fine. I'm I'm glad you like what other apps do you have on your phone besides Wordscape? I'm just being curious. I'm not trying to be nosy. Curious, not nosy. Big difference. I say that and then you say there's no difference. I never said I don't I remember saying that before. Okay. Okay. I have Netflix. Okay, not my account because I don't have one. So you bootleg your, your grandmother's account? Yes, okay. she lets me use it. In other words, you bootleg your grandmother's account. Got it. Okay, anything else? I have no idea what's on Netflix these days. I can suggest you watch to, I think, there is a good... There's extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Are those it's sure? about Ted Bundy. Oh, the serial killer. Yeah. We talk about serial killers a lot, you know? We went from Criminal Minds to now Ted Bundy. Okay? Sometimes they just Wikipedia serial killers. Now you worry me. Okay. It shouldn't worry you, all right? Okay. So, um, Ted Bundy from the 80s, I think. Did you actually watch the show? Yeah. It's a movie. There's this, um, there's this documentary about him. I'm watching that, sort of. Okay, I don't think it was from the 80s. Was it from the 70s? 70s, yeah. 70s, 70s. okay. Because I remember they made a movie about him in the 80s when I was a kid. So I doubt he was still, I doubt they would have made one in the 80s when he had, uh, if he had been doing all that stuff during the 80s. But anyway, yeah, the 70s were a crazy decade. I only saw about four years of the 70s, and what I saw was crazy. But I don't remember any of it because I was only four years old when it ended. He broke out of prison twice. He did? Yeah. Oh, Okay. I'm not sure that has to do with uh, Pakistan, though. Probably nothing, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably I forgot a- that we were talking about Pakistan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think Ted Bundy has anything to do with Pakistan. But you did ask about the leadership of Pakistan, right? Yeah. Well, you didn't ask. You asked about it off the mic. Nobody heard you ask about it. But you did ask questions about You asked who's the leader of Pakistan? Yeah, who, who leads Pakistan? Uh, Pakistan has both a president and a prime minister. I've always wanted to ask this question. What's the question? What's a prime minister? All right, living in the United States, you probably don't have much. You probably don't have much uh, knowledge of a prime minister because we don't have one in the United States. We just have a president. But many other countries have a parliamentary system where the United States has a Congress. Most countries have a parliament. They're kind of the same, actually. Parliament and Congress are kind of the same. And I know I'm probably going to... I can see your eyes glazing over right now. Okay? I'm just following... I'm not going to explain the difference between Congress and Parliamentary, but I'll try my best to explain them. Basically, um, for both Parliament and Congress, whichever one, basically they're both what's called a Republican system. Not the Republican Party, a Republican system. A republic is a nation where the government is made up of a group of people who rep, who are supposed to represent larger groups of people, uh, like a representation. So here in the United States, in our state of Georgia, we live in um, basically the Atlanta area in Georgia. We have two senators and a whole bunch of con- a whole bunch of representatives. I don't remember the exact number, but a whole bunch of representatives. And every state has two senators. And also a whole bunch of representatives. These senators and representatives make up the two parts of Congress in the United States. Am I boring you yet? You still okay? You yeah. doing good? Okay. I'm following. Okay. The senators make up the Senate of the United States. The representatives make up the House of Representatives. But all together, they're all called Congress all together. Okay? So that's in the United States. Other countries like Pakistan and Canada, I believe, I think Canada, um, also 
Australia, most British, Britain itself also, they have a parliament, similar thing to the United States Congress, where they have, usually have uh, two different houses of parliament or two different levels of parliament. In Britain, it was called the House of Lords and the House of Commons. Okay. Now, I don't really know the British system really well, so I can't break it down. But I believe the House of Lords is like the U.S. Senate. And the U.S. Senate is like the higher level. You have the House of Representatives, which is a lower level. And then you have the Senate, which is a higher level. The Senate has more prestige. It's harder to become a senator. They only got two senators for every state. But you have a whole bunch of congressmen for every state. I'm sorry, a whole bunch of representatives for every state. But only have two senators. So, and parliament is similar in the British Parliament, you have the House of Lords, which is higher than the House of Commons. You can tell by the names. Yeah. Lords, Commons. Commons. Right, exactly. Common people, common folk. Plebs. You said say plebs? Yes. Oh, God. Plebs. 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 I think it's plebs. Anyway, you know where the word plebs comes from? Roman. The um, Roman Empire. The plebiscite were the common people, I believe. I'm gonna, I don't want to mess up. I know I'm going to be wrong on that one because I'm not 100% sure of um, And unless about the Roman um, Republican okay. system. They had, a, they had a Republican system also, um, similar way. Neither here nor there. So, when a certain party in a country with a parliamentary system, in the United States, the president is voted on, on people vote for the president and then um, the electoral college then cast their votes in in favor of the president based upon, uh, I'm, I'm confusing myself. I don't want to, the electoral college of the United States is, is, is something weird. I'll explain that in a, later, in a later time. But let's say, let's go back to the parliament. For those countries that have parliaments, when a party wins um, their parliament, the majority seats in their, in their parliament. So let's say you have, um, you know, you understand Democrats and Republicans in the United States, right? Yes. Okay. So, if one party wins in a parliamentary system, they choose their leader to become the prime minister. And that's how someone comes. So if using the Republicans and Democrats as an example, if the Democrats had the majority in the Congress, they would then choose their prime minister. Whereas... Uh, I just, I think I just totally messed it up. <laughs> you went into, I, I asked one question, you went into four subjects <laughs> um, and it just resulted into two answers, sort of. Right. Okay. A prime minister is chosen by a party. Okay. A party, a, uh, a political party wins the majority of seats in parliament and they choose a prime minister. Okay. And usually the prime minister is the leader of that party. Got it? Yes. Okay. Simple. Right. Simple. There you go. I'm, I'm glad we, we we cleared that up. So, a prime minister is usually when a party wins control of parliament, they will have a minister of finance, minister of the interior, minister of war, minister of this, minister of that. The prime minister is the overall guy in charge of everything. Understand? Yes. Okay. So the prime minister, and so that's the difference between uh, uh, the congressional system that we have in the United States and a parliamentary system that they have in most other countries. Most countries don't do what the United States does, actually. And so that's why you have some countries that have both a prime minister and a president. And Pakistan is one of those countries. They have both a prime minister and a president. What does the president do? Okay. I'm probably going to give you about five or six different answers again, but we'll try it again. So. I don't. I don't know the specifics of Pakistan's politics. That's that's a. I don't know specific Pakistan's politics. That's. No. You're saying that five times fast. Right there, you go. Anyway, so in England, which all these countries are mostly based off of, in in the UK, they have parliament and they have a prime minister, but they don't have a president. Instead, they have. She wears a big crown. A queen. Right. They have a queen. They have a monarch, a queen or a king. And so the queen or the king, the monarch, is really the one in charge. But by tradition, they let the parliament run everything in the, in the UK. 
the king or queen of England is right now. It's only, there's only been a queen since we've been alive. Okay. Queen Elizabeth has been queen since before I was born. Isn't she in her nineties? I think so. She's, she's, she's up there though. But yeah. She's been queen for a long time. Yeah. So she is really the one in, in, in charge, but she doesn't actually do any real work basically. I don't think she'd be happy to hear that. Well, she doesn't. I mean, the parliament runs, runs everything. The prime minister runs everything. However, for the prime minister can't do anything if the queen doesn't doesn't give him her permission. So there's a tradition where the uh, whoever is cho- is voted in as the uh, parliament, the queen actually has to recognize his power, and so that's really where the power comes in in England. So in the UK, in for those countries that don't have a king or queen like Pakistan. They instead have a president. Now the president still had the president is usually chosen. It depends. It differs. Sometimes the president is appointed. Sometimes it's voted on. Different countries have different ways. But basically, the president is the authority over the parliament. But they don't really do much either. Okay. And most countries that have a president and a prime minister, the president only does something when there's a state of emergency. The president can dismiss. In some cases, the president can dismiss the prime minister or the president can wage war. But the president usually doesn't run the country. It's just like just like the queen is for in in England. The queen basically is doesn't do anything really, but she can basically. um, She's like the head of she finalizes things. She could finalize things. She may sign her. They requires her 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 signature, her stamp for something to be something to become law. But she doesn't really make the law. But until she signs it or stamps it, it doesn't become law. Same thing in lots of parliamentary systems. The prime minister and the parliament, they make the laws, but the president has to sign it into law or stamp it into law, whichever the case may be. Understand? So in most cases that have a most countries have a parliament, the president doesn't really do anything. But they're there in case of a for states of emergencies, maybe, or in case there's a they're there like a final oversight over the prime minister and the parliament. In the United States, we don't have that, though. We just have a president and the president pretty much does whatever he wants to do. Almost. <laughs> the president has a lot of power in the United States. Congress does have some power, but not nearly as much as the president does. We don't want to get into that because that's going to confuse you more. You're going to tell me I gave you four answers again like you did before. You okay. actually gave me six, but. OK, so do you understand what kind of a prime minister is now? A better understanding, at least? Yes. Okay, good. Currently, but because the prime minister does all the work and the prime minister is the one who is really kind of in charge, and he is in charge, the prime minister is in charge, the prime minister is usually the most popular person. Nobody, hardly anybody knows who the president is. The president, the president sits back in his or her palace or whatever and you know signs papers when they have to. But the prime minister is the one who's debating, who's on television. They're the one who control all how the country is run and everything. So the prime minister for most countries, they're the ones who is seen as the leader of the country. They really are. They're the one who's doing the day-to-day work. Okay? Kinda. So the president is sort of like the vice president? If you're no. looking at it in an American setting. Kind of. And I, I, I kind of understand what you mean by the fact that vice president doesn't really do anything in the United States either. But the thing is, the vice president has no power whatsoever unless the president dies or he becomes or the vice president becomes president. The president, however, in these parliamentary countries, the president still actually has some power in some cases. Every country is different, and they have different types of, um, you know, constitutions, different laws, and everything, and how much power they have. But in all these cases, the president still has some authority, but they don't work. They don't do the day-to-day running of the of the country. I guess that's probably a better way of saying it. Okay, the president is not involved in the day-to-day managing of the country. I think we're subconsciously dissing politics. I'm not. I don't mean to do it. I'm just saying, trying to explain how it is. Currently, the prime minister of Pakistan is a man named M. Imran Khan. Imran Khan. Now he's kind of popular. He used to be. He used to play cricket. You know what cricket is? Yes, it's a British sport. Yes, it's a British sport. It's sort of like golf, but longer. I think it's sort of like baseball, but longer. It is. Oh, I'm thinking about a different one. 
you're thinking about um, croquette or something? Yes, croquette. Yeah, croquette is something like golf. Um, but yeah, cricket is is actually the four. Cricket actually came before baseball. They have right? a very strange bat. It has spikes at the end, I think. It doesn't have spikes at Maybe the end. I think of stranger things. <laughs> no. So no, the cricket bat, however, it is flat. It's a flat bat, whereas the baseball bat is round. Um, the cricket bat is flat. Um, it's similar concept to baseball, but it's a totally different game, completely different. But it's very, very big. You don't hear about much in the United States because we don't really play the United States at all. But um, you'll see people playing it. People, you see people from um, from um, England. Yeah, well, British. You see a lot of Pakistanis and, and Indians playing it all the time. I see them. I see them playing it all the time, often. So, uh, but it's not really, really popular in the United States, so to speak. But um, outside of the United States. Cricket is very, very popular in many countries. When I was in Trinidad, it was very popular in Trinidad, which is a former British colony. So um, in many parts of the world, cricket is very popular. And so a cricket star can be big, can become pretty much as famous as our modern basketball and football and baseball stars. They can, I mean, they, I don't know if they make the same amount of money, but they make pretty good money. They, they're not poor. Especially, they're not, I'm talking about the ones who become stars. I'm talking about the regular guys. But those who become stars, they can make quite a bit of money. Okay, and Imran Khan back in the '80s, he was like that. He was a cricket star. But I think in the '90s, um, Imran Khan, he was like like most many athletes. He was young. He had lots of money. Good-looking guy. How old is he now? Oh man, I think he's in his fifties now. Oh, I think I think he's in his too old. Too old for what? No, I guess to play cricket. He's old to play cricket now, of course. Yeah, he's too old. But I think they're too old for something else. Like, what are you talking about, girl? Anyway. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I'm glad we clarified that, okay? Anyway. So. No, I just meant, I mean, since he's a leader and stuff, he could just hire people to run his bases. He could hit the bat. People could just run around or something. And then one person could catch a. Do they have a ball? Yes, cricket has a ball. But cricket, they don't run around. They run back and forth between two wickets. Oh. So, yeah, there's a running around is baseball. You get that. Mixed with baseball, but no, in cricket they um they throw the ball and they hit it, and when it's while the players are trying to catch the ball, the bat the batter or the batsman who hit the ball he runs back and forth between the two wickets, and each time he runs back and forth, it scores a point, something like that. So I really don't know much about it, but I can kind of understand the basic concept of cricket. You should play cricket. I'm not playing cricket. Okay. I tried playing it before. I, did? I wasn't good at it. How old were you? Eh, about 18, 19. When I was in Trinidad, it's different. It's um, it's not as easy to play as baseball. It's a different kind of game. Every game is... Baseball and cricket have two different... There's similarities to it in the fact that you're hitting a, a, a ball with a bat. But beyond that, they're totally different. In baseball, when you hit the ball, you got to drop the bat and run. In cricket, you got to run with the bat and touch the wickets with your bat. In baseball... Um, when the pitcher throws the ball, it um it can't touch the ground. If it does touch the ground, it's usually called considered a, a ball or a dead ball or something like that. Whereas cricket, the ball has to touch the ground. They throw it and they bounce off the ground. They try to strike the guy out. Uh, baseball has three strikes. Cricket doesn't have that. He has to knock over the wickets. The wickets are the three are, are the the sticks that act kind of like base. It's it's con- it's a lot to it. But basically, they're similar. Only thing, the only way they're really similar is that you're hitting a ball with a bat. That's really the only thing similar to them. Other than that, they're they're kind of different. Reminds me of that. Remember that game that was on Fantastic Mr. Fox? Yeah, I think it's similar to that in a way. Yeah. Okay. Um, so with um, anyway, Imran Khan, I believe his mother died, and that led him to become more to become to move away from the whole. Um, society lifestyle and all the celebrity stuff he was doing before and let him become more serious about religion. And he became more of a serious Muslim after his mother died, if I remember correctly. So <clears throat> this is back in the, I don't know, I don't know when his mother died, but his mother's death or I think his mother's death or his sickness. I really, I really can't get these stories straight. I have, his, I have it somewhere around here. But some sort of tragedy helped him um, to kind of want to leave the society thing around because when he was a, a cricket star, he had lots of money. He was a playboy. He was in England doing all sorts of crazy things and all the, living all the high life and everything. 
But that tragedy happened, and he became serious about about religion, and also became serious about his country, Pakistan. And he started his own political party. And I barely know the details of this. I just know the basic outline of it. He started his own political party because he wanted to change a lot of the things that were happening in Pakistan. And he eventually built his own political party. And for a long time, they weren't really nobody really took him seriously. Some people were saying he's just a, a you know, politician, a, a playboy who got religion, and nobody really took him seriously for a long time. But in 2018, he won. He became prime minister after a long time. 2018. Yeah, he just became That's prime recent. minister. Yeah, very recent. I think October 2018 or something like November 2018. He just became prime minister of Pakistan. And uh, he's very popular, at least with the younger people like him, because kind of think of it like how people would feel if someone like um, LeBron James became president or started running for president. You can imagine how much people would be like, LeBron James running for president? I'm going to vote for him. Yeah. So you can imagine something like with that kind of uh, that kind of popularity or that how much people people really um admire admire him just because what he did as a sports person and then also he came he wanted to change a lot of things about pakistan pakistan had a lot of corruption and you gotta listen to my last if you listen to my podcast once or twice you should put it on more right this is my podcast a few times you know about this but it explains how all the problems of pakistan's politics and everything and imran khan he wants to try to change things so considering that he's not um he doesn't really need money Basically, he's already, he's already pretty wealthy from his athlete days. And uh, he seems more sincere about helping Pakistan than um, the lifelong, po- the people who've been politicians in Pakistan for so long before that. What did he change? You don't have to say everything that he changed, but. Like his lifestyle? No, I mean, you said he changed a few politics in well, Pakistan. Well, he wants to change. He wants to change the way Pakistan has been run. Pakistan for a long time has been run by the military, basically. And there's also corruption. Um, generally speak, I was um, during the 1990s, like only two people were prime minister during the 1990s, and back and forth between two people competing with each other. And then um, the uh, one of the prime ministers of Pakistan, um, he's not prime minister now, he's in jail right now. Oh my God. But they found out that he was, he had all this money uh, billions of dollars hidden in his secret accounts and he had lied about on his campaign and he's in jail right now because of that. And so there's lots of corruption in Pakistan. There's corruption everywhere, but in Pakistan is quite a bit more. And he wants to try to change a lot of those things. So That's good. That's good. I mean, hopefully we'll see how he can do. But I don't know. Politics tends to corrupt people, but let's hope that he does better because Pakistan has had lots of issues of late. So we talked about a lot of things. Um, I want to go a little bit further, though. Okay, so I think we covered quite a bit about Pakistan. Do you have any other uh, questions, Belkis? Would you ever go there? To Pakistan? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind going. Um, you could play cricket. Now, but I'm not going there to play cricket. No, I'm not going. I don't feel like playing cricket. I can play cricket here. I won't go to, if I go you said you weren't good. Maybe in a different setting, you'd be good. So I'm going to I'm going to touch down in Pakistan, and suddenly all of a sudden I'm going to be Imran Khan in the 1980s. No, the, probably the 2080s. They haven't come yet. The 2080s haven't come yet. Probably be a leader there. I don't think Pakistan is going to choose me as their leader. Okay, you're American. That's part of it. Yes, <laughs> I don't think they're going to choose an American to be their leader, but. Um, no, I, I wouldn't mind visiting Pakistan. You know, um, you know my friend Sammy. Yeah, he's Pakistani. He's Pakistani American. He's lived here his whole life, but his father's from Pakistan, and he's um he's been to Pakistan several times. He used to work there, so um I have lots of Pakistani friends. Um, most of them are in America, but yeah, I wouldn't mind going to Pakistan. Be interesting to see it. Just gotta stay away from the Northwest Frontier Province. I stay away from that part. Okay. What is is it? The slums or something? Not quite the slums, no. The um, the Northwest Frontier Province. It has a more official name. I forgot the full name of it, but um, this is on the border of Afghanistan, and Afghanistan has been through lots of wars. And once again, if you listen to the podcast, this will be explained a little bit more. 
but the northwestern the northwest frontier province of Pakistan. That's not the real. That's not the official name anymore. It has a has a more has a name. Um, I can't remember the name. It's 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 not English, so I can't really think of it off the top off the top of my head. But um, this part of Pakistan is close to Afghanistan, and it's very very mountainous. Whole lot of mountains. So it has lots of little. They also call the tribal areas because lots of little tribes live in these little mountains. Are you allowed to draw in the mountains? Draw? Yeah, you know, make your mark. You know how people put gum on a street lamp or something. Oh, um, I guess they could if they wanted to. Sure. I mean, the uh, this tribe, these tribal areas, the Northwest Frontier Province, is really um, is very unruly. It's hard for the government to get a, a a good, strong control over this area because of all the mountains and the and the different tribes that live there. They're used to being independent, and so they're more loyal to their tribe than they are to the government of Pakistan. All the way off in um in the capital, which is Islamabad, by the way. So. What you have a question? Yes. How much is the how much is the American dollar worth in Pakistan? I always like knowing about the currency. I don't know. Um, hold on, I gotta look that up. All right. According to Google, one U.S. dollar equals one hundred forty-eight point two Pakistani rupees. So, don't know what that means, but that's what it is. So I'm not sure how many. Um, where I used to. Always try to figure things out is how much does a bottle of Coke cost in a local currency? They have Coke there? Pretty sure they do. Why not? Coke is all over the world. Um, no, you, you know how in Japan they have really cool candy? Yeah. You know, a bunch of flavors of Kit Kat? Maybe yeah. there they have a really cool Coca-Cola bottle. They probably do. I'm pretty sure. Um, so let's see how much a Coke is in Pakistan. Hold on a second. I'm going to use Google for this one. How much is a Coke in Pakistan? Okay. Um, a Coke or Pepsi, 12-ounce Coke or Pepsi is 38.27 rupees. Okay. So, according to this thing here. So, if you take... That's going to be that's gonna be a couple of cents. I'm not good at math. Yeah, we got to flip that around. So, now you got to see... How many dollars does one does uh, thirty-eight point twenty-seven rupees equal? Okay, okay. Let's try this Pakistan again. Let me turn this all the way up. How many dollars is thirty-eight rupees? Thirty-eight Indian rupees equals fifty-four cents. Okay. Well, that's Indian rupees. I want Pakistani rupees. Okay. Let's try this again. How many American dollars is one Pakistani rupee? And I messed it up again. One Pakistani rupee equals one cent. I'm not doing. I'm not doing this very good. Okay, one more time. How many dollars is thirty-eight Pakistani rupees? Thirty-eight Pakistani rupees equals twenty-six cents. There you go. Okay, so. You get a Coke, a 12-ounce Coke. Rich. I don't know about being rich, but you can get a 12-ounce co- Coke in Pakistan for 26 cents. Uh, a Coke, a 12-ounce Coke in the United States is roughly a dollar or so. Is it a can or the bottle? 12 ounces. 12 ounces, um, I think uh, 12 ounces is the can, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. So, it's not that big of a deal, quite frankly. But It is. It only costs 54 cents. No, 26 Wait, cents. Oh, okay, 26 cents. Yeah, not a big of a deal. But yes. there's more than there's also gasoline and housing costs and all that kind of stuff. So I think we have covered quite a bit about Pakistan. And you know a little bit more about it. Not everything, but you know a little bit more. Um, we're going to hopefully do this some more in the future. Just you and me talking about different parts of history. So the main thing I wanted to cover was really the um, Pakistan, the partition of India, which led to three new countries, well, really two new countries and then three. What are the two new countries? The two new countries are India and Pakistan. And then Pakistan became Bangladesh. Right. In 1971. All right. And that's about it. So 
uh, we covered pa- the partition. We talked about Pakistan's leadership, and um, we talked about a lot of other things besides lots, that. Lots of other things. Yeah, this conversation is very meandering and long, but hopefully, inshallah, you have a better understanding of how Pakistan works. So we'll try and do this some more in the future. We have lots of other things to talk about, and we'll see how it goes. So until then, Belkis, assalamu alaikum. Very quickly regarding Yazid ibn Muawiyah, we're just going to briefly discuss uh, just a little bit about his attributes, not much, because he has so many problems, not really much good we can say about him. Yazid ibn Muawiyah, he was he was the son of a Sahaba. Um, his father, Muawiyah ibn Abi Sufyan, was a Sahaba. And Yazid ibn Muawiyah, he was well-versed in Islamic knowledge and in Arabic poetry. He, however, had several flaws, personal flaws. These were such as he, he was, well, as you've seen in some of the uh, episodes from season three, I believe, he was neglectful in his prayers at times. He also, uh, there are also accusations that he drank wine and he um, basically engaged in the services of dancing girls. And you can see if those accusations are true and they're all widespread. There are many stories about him drinking alcohol and having dancing girls at parties. If those accusations are true, you can see why the Muslims of Medina and and of Mecca wouldn't tolerate him as their leader, as the leader in, of the Muslim world and as the representative or the successor of Prophet Muhammad wasallam. So think about it today. If you just take an imam, an imam of a masjid or a Muslim community, just in the United States, not even going to talk about in the Muslim world, just in the United States, with all the corruption we have in the United States and with all the corruption we have in the Muslim ummah, if we had an imam who drank alcohol and had dancing girls, and the equivalent of a dancing girl in today's term is a stripper, if you knew of an imam who drank wine and had strippers at his house, you would want nothing to do with him. That imam would not be able to have, if, it, if he had it like a secret life and it came out, that imam would lose all credibility. No one would go to his khutbahs. No one would, he would be disparaged and no one would want anything to do with him. And that is today. So you can imagine just how much people, the Muslims, these Muslims who were Sahaba, companions of Prophet Muhammad, and the sons and daughters of the companions of Prophet Muhammad. You can imagine how disgusted they would have been with Yazid ibn Muawiyah with these same accusations. So just want to keep that in mind. And on top of that, even if those accusations are not true, and I believe that they are, even if they are not true, you still have the fact that under his watch, Hussein ibn Ali and several members of his family were killed by his governor, Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad. And on top of that, he then sent an army to Medina, not just to put down a, a rebellion, that's one thing in and of itself, but then he ordered that army to pillage Medina for three days. And in that pillage, they weren't just breaking pots and killing goats, they were killing people killing Sahaba, killing the the children of the Sahaba. And they killed several people in this battle, in this pillage, basically, and wrecked Medina, set Medina afire, practically. And then his governor went and killed people who even hesitated to give Yazid ibn Muawiyah the pledge or the bayah. So Yazid ibn, ibn Muawiyah was not anywhere near our ideal of a Muslim leader. He had several problems. So with that being said, there's really not much more to say about Yazid ibn Muawiyah. I don't want to spend too much time with him. His time in history is gone as far once he dies and history history moves on after him without him. So now his son Muawiyah II has become the caliph and 
the the question of the caliphate really is still up in the air. But now the word gets down to Mecca that Yazid ibn Muawiyah has died. And it seems Ibn Zubair found out about Yazid ibn Muawiyah's death before the uh, Syrian soldiers did. So with the besieging going on, Ibn Zubair and his soldiers start shouting out to the Syrians that they are fighting for a dead man. And at first, the Syrians question themselves as to what these guys are talking about. But the news gets to them as well, and they understand and learn that their leader, Yazid ibn Muawiyah, is now dead. <laughs> 